Welcome back to the Business Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Ann Jimenez. And oh my goodness, you guys, I'm so excited for this episode because I am joined by the one and only Christopher Michael Harris, who oh my is gosh. my other half, my amazing husband, my brilliant mentor. And um, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Chris, welcome to the Business Lounge Podcast. I'm blushing. <laughs> In today's episode, guys, we're going to tackle a topic that so many of you constantly share with us, the struggle, the challenge of how do you build a business when you don't have the time or a team? How do you make it happen when there's so many things that are pulling at you nonstop from every direction? We're going to break it down in this episode coming up. Welcome to the Business Lounge Podcast, where each week we unpack the hottest online marketing and business strategies so you can grow your business, increase your bottom line, and make a bigger impact. And now, here's your host, Kimberly Ann Jimenez. So we sent out a survey yesterday to our email list. And if you're not part of our email list, I highly, highly recommend that you join because that's where we send our best stuff to, stuff that doesn't make it to the podcast, stuff that doesn't make it to the YouTube channel or social media. And we asked you guys to send in your most challenging business problem, frustration, or challenge, and you came back to us with such amazing responses. And so we're going to be releasing this three-part podcast series together, Chris and I, tackling some of those challenges that you're sharing with us and giving you clarity and answers and strategies that you can implement right now to grow your business and enjoy the process so that you're not feeling completely overwhelmed 24-7 trying to figure out how you're going to be juggling maybe a job and raising kiddos and maybe having to do spouse duties, right? Like being in a relationship or maybe you're a student. There's so much that goes on when we're trying to build a business, especially if you're doing it on the side. And so that's what we want to talk about today. All right, Chris. So I don't know about you, but I remember being in those startup days. It was crazy. Working a full-time job, corporate America, lots of pressure, working 60 hours a week, and then also building my business on the side with a couple of clients, trying to figure out how to market and build an email list. And it was just a lot. It was a lot. Can you can you talk a little bit more about how like how you relate to that as well, building your first startup? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of discovery. Um, I always say this, but we didn't go to school for this. Like I've, you know, went to a very prestigious university and I can tell you like less than 2% of it I've actually used growing a business. And so there's, um, we, we think that we're going to come into starting our own business and be able to apply all the things that we've learned. And we quickly find out that that's not entirely the case. And so unfortunately what ends up happening is we find ourselves kind of just grasping at straws in a lot of cases. And this will be very relieving for, for the audience today. Most of the things that we see people doing I think the biggest issue is they're doing things that they probably shouldn't be focused on in this very season that they're in. Exactly. And, and so um, we can get into what those things should look like, what you should be doing. But I think if I went back and looked at it, it was like 100% 80-20 principle. You know? And it was just finding that 20% of things that we needed to focus on 
And then what you realize is that how little is actually required to hit scale, to hit six Mm -hmm. figures and beyond. Once you figure out what actually works, it's kind of like you have a foundation and you're building upon that like Lego blocks, right? It's just, it's discerning what are those core things to focus on first? How do you get early traction? And then kind of the chaos that ensues, trying to figure out what those things need to be is kind of where we see in what I experienced, and Kim can speak to this, where I was just trying a bunch of stuff, right? And sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's distracting. And sometimes we're not actually clamping down on what's gonna work, proven strategies, leaning into what people have done. And we're gonna talk about all those things, uh, but but most of the time it's, it's guessing, not testing. Yeah, and I love that you bring up guessing, not testing, because I feel like most of the time we go into business with this like field of dreams mentality, right? Like just just get on Instagram and start creating some content right. and like people will come. Just like post a ton of content on YouTube and like you'll figure out the business part later. Or it's like, hey, all you got to do is just like quit your job and start creating a bunch of content and eventually the business idea will come to you. And this is like real advice that people are giving to some of our coaching clients that we have now together with our new program, TBL Coaching, which is amazing. And it's going um, incredible, really. And I just hear this from our clients just being like, hey, this is the advice that I got from a business coach. This is the advice that I got from an influencer. And it's like, guys, what? (laughs) Like, no, no, you don't just build it and hope that people will come. That is yeah. hope marketing that is h- trying to build business on a crazy like idea that you haven't validated, that you haven't tested, that you haven't actually put through the ringer. And I feel like so many people get frustrated when their business doesn't take off after six months, after a year, after two right. years, after five years, because they don't have the foundation. And so I love that we're kind of going in that direction and talking about that today because you have to have a plan. I think that's the first point. <laughs> you don't just go for it without having an idea of who your market is. What are the people that you're trying to serve? If we like strip down everything that is entrepreneurship and really just take it one step at a time and in its most basic iteration and its most foundational um, aspect, business is about solving problems. It's really that simple. What is a problem in the market right now that you really need to solve, that you can solve, that you want to solve, and then just have conversations with people. Understand what are their main challenges, what are their main pain points. Get inside their head. Step into the conversation that they're already having. And so often we see people just starting lifestyle brands or starting a product company and often investing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars at their hard-earned dollars without validating their idea. And so what do you think about having a plan? What does that look like? How do we actually go into it with a strategy, not just hoping that things will work out? Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed I think you nailed it. Uh, you talked about making sure you lean into your audience. Um, you, I, I'll steal one from you. You always say, clarity doesn't strike, it unfolds. And you, and, and I say this, our first business together, um, I think the main challenge was that there were very few, it was limited marketing exposure. There wasn't, social media is, was not what it is today in terms of, you know, people dancing on Instagram and TikTok and doing all the things <laughs> and algorithm hacks. Like, guys, we're talking, you could barely advertise in the sidebar on Facebook. Right. That was like the extent that, that was you the could thing. advertise in terms of paid <laughs> advertising. It was, when when Kim started, it was like people thought she was just playing on the internet. 
Now there's, you know, career paths and, you know, there's degrees and there's actual corporate positions for social media marketing and so on and so forth. Back then, this was kind of the wild, wild west, right? It was. And I, and I often say this, um, but I think we were at a huge advantage in a lot of ways. I think there was so much less noise. And so imagine a world in which you did not have social media. Now, now I'm going to get back to that because social media is important and it can expedite. It's a catalyst in this process of Absolutely. figuring this out, right? But what do we do? Kim was with me. We went out with our flip phones, literally our flip phones, and where we live, downtown Athens. I went to the University of Georgia. That's where we started the first business when I was when I was a student there. And we interviewed people on the sidewalk outside of the bars in downtown Athens. I mean, hundreds of people we talked to mm-hmm. because we were starting a moving company and we were focused on college kids, right? During those transitional summer months. So what were we asking them? What do you do when you move over the summer? Do you move yourself? Do you hire movers? If you hire movers, what are those defining things you're looking for? Is it price? Is it like, and we found out a lot from those conversations. And then what do we do? We just took that and then started amplifying that message. So when we went around and talked to apartment communities, we talked to lease office managers and said, here's what we're doing. Here's a flyer. Let people know that we're available if they're looking for movers. And we use the words that we got from those interviews. They were crazy pixelated watching those videos back. Like it was funny <laughs> from a flip phone watching those videos because it just wasn't what the technology wasn't there. But I often say this and you'll, a lot of people find this hard to believe. Kim had to twist my arm, Kim, and you can vouch for this. Kim had to literally twist my arm to post on social media. Like I just sure. didn't want to do it. Right. But I also think that there's a large degree. We've gone too far the other way. Now we're mm-hmm. spending all of our time on social media. And, and in fact, I was just side anecdote here. But I was just uh, following a doctor friend of mine. He posted that neuroscientists are saying that we have such a dopamine overflow from just all of the various inputs we're putting into our brains. He said, your brain is like a cacti. You know, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like a cactus. And we've put our cacti in the middle of the rainforest with all the various <laughs> inputs. And so I think quieting that noise, having one-on-one conversations in the real world, not trying to jump to, I've never started a business before, to oh my God, I have to go viral and get 500,000 followers and all this crazy stuff. No, no, no. You need to get a customer, mm-hmm. a single customer. You need to figure out how to get a second customer. Mm-hmm. What, are the, what do those people say about your product or service? And before that, if they said no, why they say no? What were they looking for that you weren't providing? Because what you can do is those first initial customers, that's your beta. That's Arthur Blank 101. Arthur Blank stood outside of Home Depot, the first few Home Depots, and every person that came out, he asked them, what was their experience like? What would they change? What did they like? What did they dislike? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? <laughs> and he used that information to go scale out what is now a massive global entity that is Home Depot that we know today, right? Mm-hmm. But it started there. So it's too many people. I always say this. Too many people are trying to skip the steps. You can mm-hmm. do the steps faster, but you can't skip the steps altogether. So we got to slow it down and focus on here's the deal. We're going to talk about later on. Kim has some really good things we can talk about, which is you know, what does that need to look like? What does that plan need to look like? What does that transition look like going from job into starting your own business? And that's how you do it. You start with one. You learn as much as you can about their life experience, the challenges like, that they've had, like Kim said. What, what was unique about your service or your offering that was different from other people they've seen? Or was it different? And how can you be different in relation to other things that are going on? What's going on in the marketplace? How can I position myself? All those things are going to be vital, vital, vital factoids that you take away from these experiences that allow you to eventually scale on the internet once you've got that really, really dialed in. And I'm telling you, that scale can happen a lot faster than you think. The person that wins and the person that nails their marketing is the person that knows their audience 
more deeply and intimately than anybody else. They know how they're going to serve and they know who they're going to serve in the unique ways that only they can do it. Ugh. Chris, that was gold. I hope y'all are taking notes because you just dropped some truth bombs and I'm here for it. So I love that you said um, that we have to simplify. And that, I think that's key. Whenever you're starting a business, depending on the stage of business that you're in, and this is something that we're going to talk a, a little bit more about in the second episode in this series, but we look at online business per particularly, and really this fits any business, whether you're doing business online or yeah. running a local business like we did, you're going to be in one of six stages, right? So we call this our success path and, and it's part of what we offer inside the business lounge. And so the success path breaks everything down into launch, right? That's the first stage. Then you go on to the validation stage. So you're validating. Then you're in the hustle stage. And that's where you're just really making sure that you understand who your customer is. You're working with those people, getting that feedback, growing your audience, figuring out how to build a list, how to market to them, how to get the word out, how to get visibility. And then you're graduating into the breakthrough stage. And that's where things are starting to actually come together. You're building your business. You're building the foundational aspects of the business. And then you move on to the profit stage, things are growing, you're hiring more people, you know, things are really going well. And you're looking at a lot of leadership skills, you're looking at penetrating the market in different ways, and then you finally reach scale. And so oftentimes, when we're in this process of building a business, the first three stages, when you're in the launch, the validation, or the hustle stage, you're simplifying the strategy. It's yeah. usually just you, right? You don't have a big team. You probably don't have a lot of time. You're maybe building it on the side or you're working with a limited amount of clients or you have a full-time job or you're juggling mommy duties or daddy duties while you know, you're know you building your business during nap time. And all of those things are scenarios that we see all the time in our community, inside the business launch membership, inside our programs. And so we want you to know that it's okay if not, it's really, truly just necessary to simplify your strategy. It's really hard to do that when you have so many amazing people, experts, you know, authors, established entrepreneurs giving you advice on the internet about a yeah. gazillion different strategies, right? Like right. there's there's so much opportunity that we have opportunity overload. There really isn't a time, a better time than now, this era, even when we started, Chris. Like the resources that we have today are mind-blowing to start a business in comparison to what we had to deal with. I remember we didn't even have a drag-and-drop builder for WordPress. Like I would spend 15, 18 ah, hours in a weekend just trying to like – one page. <laughs> literally, literally just trying to like edit – the HTML and the CSS of like one little thing on my header yeah. for my website. I mean, the struggle was real. There was no drag and drop builder. There was no Squarespace. There was no Kajabi. There was no Teachable. All of these tools are new. And yeah. I remember like feeling so overwhelmed when I first started the business and trying to figure out like, how do I juggle all of this and make it happen? But simplicity was what really helped me, was tuning out the noise and being like, okay, I'm not going to be on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm not going to do a podcast and a YouTube channel and a blog. I'm not going to try to do all these things. I'm going to focus on one core platform where I can get the message out about my business. I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can about our clients and customers, and I'm just going to take it one step at a time, right? One foot in front of the other. 
Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so credit to you. I want to I want to mention because guys, this is uh, this is pr- something that's really profound. And I remember when Kim came up with the idea for the success path, and I, I was like, this is exactly what's missing. There's so many people that they're committed to it. They're really committed to doing the things, going through the programs, you know. And they've spent. I'm telling you, we 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 come across people all the time in in TBL in the business lounge, uh, in the membership that have spent twenty thousand dollars on a coach. And they've got all this random information, but they didn't have a plan. Right. And so I remember when Kim came up with a success path, and now everybody has a success path. So, <laughs> but I will, I will vouch. I will say that, to my knowledge, Kim was the first person I was aware that it, that had listen, come up listen, with the listen. Work. It has been imitated a million times. It's never Which, been replicated. Be it's yeah. never been replicated. We have the best success path in the entire industry. Period. And a story. Yes. Every single one of our customers has. So, I mean. I'm just saying, I feel very confident in this. Like anyone yeah, can come, but, like go, go for it, go for yeah, it. <laughs> but it, but it really, but it really is a, a game changer. Um, it's like, imagine if you signed up for school, yeah, and you're you're five years old, and there, and then you have everything from kindergarten to college <laughs> in their library yeah. that you could check out. It's, it's, well, of course, it's going to be overwhelming. You're five years yeah. old, like yep. There's advanced <laughs> level stuff old. here, and that's so unfortunate. <laughs> what we're doing to people is they see all these advanced marketing strategies and mm-hmm. all this funnel hacking and all these things, which things are you could eventually Those are be great. doing. Right. But the problem is, and, and we have we have people that they have something that goes viral on TikTok. Millions, I mean, seriously, millions of, of views. You know, views or whatever the case may be, right? On, on a particular whatever post, you know? And there's no, they don't have a single any way to convert there's no call to action there's no follow-up there's no automated email sequences there's nothing right and and a lot of the times they're like it was a, it was a completely missed opportunity in those mm-hmm. cases right mm-hmm. or they're putting so much time into social media and it's like i get it i totally get it that's what other people are doing that's what you're replicating but we also have to you know kim says it best she'll say we went from direct response marketing which is the, the basis by which all of this is built upon all these yeah. email automated sequences all the things we're talking about is built upon direct old school direct response marketing right? Now what we've done is Kim says, we went to no response marketing. Yeah, We're just putting stuff out for engagement and likes and whatever, <laughs> but there's no ask. There's no funnel. There's no reason. There's no rhyme or reason for doing it. And we there's have elaborate no hobbies. And I know that's hard to hear, but we have really elaborate hobbies in a lot of cases. And I think right. we had the benefit of building something offline first. And I always say this, that, like, don't be ashamed if you need to roll up your sleeves and do some one-on-one stuff and like mm-hmm. prove your concept before you take it online. It's totally oh, fine. That should be that should be a serious requirement. It's yes. not that don't feel bad about it. You should be working with people Look, one-on-one. 100%. I, and I think that's when I said don't skip the steps, I think that is part of the steps is the is the the in the trenches, the most basic iteration of what you can do is that, right? right. And and it's going to suck like Actually, Brendan Burchard says this. I'll give him credit for it because it's it's a great it's a great statement that he said. Um, he said people are not afraid to chase their dreams; they're afraid mm-hmm. to be seen getting started. Oof! What? And truth. I thought about my journey and and this first business we were talking about, which was a moving company that evolved into installation work across the country, and it just took off um, for fully furnished student housing apartments. I remember. You know, I'm out of school. I'm early, you know, my early, early to mid twenties or whatever at this point. And I'm moving college kids. I'm in their, I'm in their dorm. I'm in their apartment. <laughs> right. And I, and I'm like, oh, this is not what I went to school for, but here I am. Right. <laughs> and then parents would say things 
Like I remember one specific time this mother said, she's like, so is this what you do like all the time? Or like, <laughs> do you have a job and do this? And then I was like, oh, I do this all the time. And there was one other situation a lady said, now make sure you stay in school so that when you finish, you don't have to do this for the rest of your life. <laughs> And the guy and one and one of my employees was with me because you know we were starting out early, right? So I would hire one guy and I do the move with that guy because saving money on that's that. That's what we right? got. Like, we, I'm not going to sit back and kick up. I was like, I was out there doing right. the moves. I did hundreds of moves myself. And the guy with me is like, "This is his company," and her <laughs> face was like bloodshot red, like bloodshot red. <laughs> but we were out there, man. We were out there rolling up our sleeves, getting in the trenches, and I really credit. Right. What happened thereafter, which was rampant growth, like multiple mm-hmm. seven figures within 36 months. So three years. Right. Really quick growth. Mid 20s just exploded. <laughs> but it was because we just it was one move at a time. It was one, one customer at a time. That's right. It was then how do we scale this? And it was OK. Blogging seems to really drive traffic. Let's do a blog. And guys, that's all we did. I, if, in fact, I had to like dial Kim back and be like, we can't take any more business because that blog that I started doing three a week, just really writing what I knew people were searching for and then verifying it at that point on, on Google webmaster tools, right? Now you could use things like Uber suggest, but like, what are people searching for? That's logical. How do I interface that search with my blog? Perfect. And then all we had was one opt-in form to get, get a request for a, a request for a move. And next thing you know, I'm getting like hundreds and hundreds of move requests coming through just because we're ranking, just because people are finding our content in one little tiny town of 100,000 people. Right. So like one simple strategy. One simple strategy. One simple service. Yeah. One service, one strategy, one funnel. That's it. That's all you really need to get started and really see significant growth. And because we have so many of our listeners are in the service space. Listen, y'all. We have done this <laughs> multiple times. Chris, with his first um, business in the service space locally, moving company, and later on that evolved into a furniture installation service. Me with my social media marketing agency, and then moving into consulting and now doing course creation. We've kind of done everything when it comes to building a business and doing it sustainably. Yeah. And we've been where you're at. You got to start with one simple process. That is the easiest and fastest way to get results. Go ahead, Chris. And yours was the exact same. Social media, just pitching yourself, going around. Absolutely. Printing out what little money we had left. (laughs) First time I pitched a client. First time I pitched a client, y'all. This is a true story. I don't think we've ever talked about this. I'm glad you're bringing this up, Chris. Um, Chris and I were dating, and we were dead broke. When I'm telling you dead broke, we're dead broke. broke. (laughs) We were like literally like (laughs) – and that was a Counting, good day that we had 20 bucks. Absolutely. I mean, we were getting <laughs> right out of, of college. I was actually still in college. It was it yeah. was intense. And so but you had but you had taken out money to help me, which don't ever let your parents hear this. <laughs> Mom, I hope you're not listening to this <laughs> episode. Like part of her student loan or like took an additional part of her loan to like help because I was like, it's going to work like whatever. And yeah, so we were yeah. broke on top of I, debt. I took a, a business. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the business the the personal loans for they were supposed to be for books and, and like school stuff. <laughs> it was like $2,000. I put right back into the business. Uh, Mom, if you're listening, Chris paid me back, but the business paid me back. <laughs> it took a few years. Um, and I remember that we, I was like, listen, I'm going to have to get a job at the mall, like at the pretzel place, just so that I can make rent because 
I can't keep counting on us potentially getting some moves to pay my bills. So I did that and it was horrible. <laughs> like it was literally one of the worst jobs I've ever had. I was lifting 50 pound bags of flour and um, a year before I had had a car accident, um, some illegal immigrant crashed into the back of the car I was driving, which was my friend's in Chicago, and he didn't have insurance. It was this whole debacle. Anyway, I got my back just destroyed. And when I say destroyed, I'm being, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Um, nothing was broken, but it was severe, severe scar tissue that I had on from that accident. And I couldn't yeah, I walk a for a back. few. It did not, it did not feel like a normal back. Right. I could not walk for a few weeks. It was horrible. So anyway, I was lifting these 50 pound bags of flour at work every day, making minimum wage, $7.25, I think it was an hour. Um, and I was hustling. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to show for this job and I'm do. I'm, I'm absolutely going to do the best that I can. And my coworkers were just like hanging out, like not paying attention while I was taking care of the customers and trying to honor the owner, the store owner. Well, a couple of weeks go by and I can barely walk into work because it hurts so much. And she's so impressed with the work that I'm doing. She's super complimentary. And she's like, hey, I'm going to give you a raise. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. I'm excited. I'm at least getting a raise this quickly. When I see my next paycheck, the raise <laughs> was 25 cents an hour. Boom. And I was like, Chris, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. There has to be a better way. So literally that night I got home, went to Craigslist and started typing in social media marketing internship just to see like who, what kind of people are out there who are wanting to hire someone who does social media. So I found a list of contacts and I applied for the position. And then I was like, hey, I really want to create a portfolio of all the things that I've been doing with the moving company so I can show this potential client. And you were amazing. You were like, I'm going to go print this out for you. And I was like, no, we're broke. We're broke. We can't do that. He spent, Chris spent literally like the last $20 in his bank account to go to Kinko's and print out a physical portfolio that I could leave with a client. When I saw that he did that, y'all, I almost cried. And so the next day I pitched the client. When he saw that I had a physical portfolio, he freaked out, hired me on the spot, and I was able to get my first client. And so through that process, I actually started building my business um, as a way to pay for school and not yeah. be broke. And that eventually evolved into having a full-blown social media marketing company. And so we've been through all that struggle. We've been through the ringer. And when I tell you that, we mean it. There's a million stories that we want to share with you, but we want to still give you some practical tools. Simplify. And the next thing I think that's really important, Chris, that we talk about is stabilizing your income, stabilizing your finances. You don't have to burn the boats and just quit your six-figure job to start a business when you have no idea what you're going to sell or how that process is going to work. You don't have someone who's going to guide you and help you through that process. And we actually have a coaching client um, two months ago who did this, just that, right? She quit her six-figure job and hired a business coach, paid $10,000, and really had very little to show for it. Now, we're not saying that business coaching 
is a bad thing. We are business coaches and we love helping other people um, really break through in their business. What I'm saying, though, is that you have to give yourself some time. Do some research. Again, going back to having a plan. When you are going through, Chris, you always say this. What is your saying? Is it um, urgency, not desperation? Yeah, that's what you're looking for. You know, we were in desperation mode. When you're spending your last 20 bucks so you can go pitch yourself, like imagine the pressure that not only we're under, I'm under because I just spent the last of our money. Like if Kim doesn't get that, now we could reuse it, right? But like that's so much pressure on Kim to get that job. And thank God it worked out. But what if it hadn't, you know? Right. And people, now it sounds cool. And and there are times when you have to be all in. There are times. But Um, honestly, we were were college students. We could afford to be all in. When you're a mom, when you're a dad, like when you have like adult responsibilities, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I usually say... There's two paths, and I don't know if we want to go fully down this this route, but there's two paths in it. And I actually have a quiz that I that I created that helps you an assessment that helps you decide which one's best for you. Um, but the one is night and weekend warrior, and then the other one's a side hustler. Oh, we were side hustlers. Younger folks are typically side hustlers that don't have a lot of responsibilities because we were going and picking up little gigs here and there. We would we did some like some promotional thing with with uh, with Comcast. At that time, it was Xfinity. <laughs> I think it might still be. Um, I was doing stuff like managing softball tournaments for a buddy of mine. Like we were just doing things, right? hustles and stuff like that, you know, to make extra money to make ends meet. But if you're a parent, like you can't do that, right? So side hustler might not work for you. So night and weekend warrior would be you keep your job, but you're working on your business at night and on the weekends. And I have a friend as a amazing case study that's, that did that path. You know, he had a six multiple six figure job, if not you know, if not, you know, low six, I don't remember. It was, it was six figures. I know that it was a good paying engineering job. Right. Um, and said, I want to build this business, but I can't quit this job. It's too good of a job. Right. So he put in two more, two hours in the morning, two hours at night. Plus he had a girlfriend. So he was kind of managing that as well. Now that's a lot. So we'd be like, I don't have four hours a day. Okay. That's fine. Right. Like whatever works for you works for you, but that's what he did. So five days a week, that's what he did. He walked away from that six figure job into a seven figure business. He just chipped away. He did it for like a year and he just chipped away at it. And next thing you know, he's got a seven figure business. So maybe you can do more on weekends than you can. Maybe you're not a morning person. You're not going to wake up at four in the morning to work on your business two hours. Maybe at night you've got kids and responsibilities. You can't do that either. Okay. Well then your weekends, you know, your afternoon, the weekends, you're going to spend six hours one day and six hours the next day. You got, you put in 12 hours that week. Okay, great. Whatever works for you. Right. But you're looking for 15 to 20 hours if possible, if you're going to be in either in either scenario, obviously the the better case is you're a side hustler if you can afford to do that, because you can work on your business full time and then go Uber or go deliver stuff for Instacart or do whatever to just make ends meet, get roommates, lower your living expenses, live with twelve other people, like whatever you need to do, <laughs> right? But but obviously if you've got responsibilities, you and your family aren't going to live with twelve college kids in a little apartment. Like that's probably not the most prudent thing to do for the development of your children, right? So you'd want to go night and weekend warrior mode. And yeah, is it going to be a lot of work? Absolutely. But is it worth making the transition slowly, making sure that you've got enough to make your ends meet? And if you have best case scenario, we didn't talk about this, but this is an awesome scenario if you can. Like what Kim said, Kim went and got a job in social media. Why? Because she wanted to do social media. So she didn't look at it and say, well, I want to do social media, so I got to just quit everything and burn all the ships and do social media as my own business. She went and got an internship. She went and she was getting paid to help build into what she wanted to do for her future. And all that experience led her to being able to launch a successful company and then 
when she left, that one of those those clients became her first. The people she was working for became her first client, right? It can happen like that. So I would look at a job if you want to stay in that industry or get an industry that you want to start a business in as literally a paid internship because that's what it is. So really cool things you can do uh, to make. And again, I think the biggest thing is this is not a light switch moment. You don't up one day and be like, this is it. Breakthrough, quit my job, burn everything, you know, do it. Like that's not, that's not the most successful way to do it. You have a plan, you make a transition. You try to have six to 12 months in the bank before you make the full transition to the business, but you think about it slowly and you work on what you can and you build one funnel and one offer and all the things, right? To just start getting a few customers in the door to validate your concept. Hey you, sorry to interrupt this episode, but did you hear? We have fan mail on the podcast, which means that now you get to text us your questions, your suggestions for future episodes, and you also get to give us feedback on what you like and don't like about the show. So from any of the episodes on your favorite podcast app, you'll see in the description right up top, it's going to say, text me a question. You can follow that link and send us a text message and we'll get it right into our podcast app, which is so amazing because now I don't have to tell you guys, hey, go follow us on Instagram and DM us your questions. You could do it right here from the show. So what are you waiting for? Ask us the question, ask for recommendations, or give us feedback on what our next episode should be all about. Like our friend from Tyler, Texas, who just wrote in and said, hey, I would love to see what it looks like to work with Kimberly. I have products that are not selling. They're great products and we can get them to the cart, but abandon it. Need help with the offer and the process. Is this something you offer? I need eyes on the price. And listen, friend from Tyler, Texas, yes, we do. And we're going to do a whole episode just answering your question because it was that good. And hey, if you want to be shouted out, if you want your questions answered, or if you're just curious about a specific topic that we cover on the show, all you have to do is follow that little link below each episode that says, text me a question and you can text us right from your mobile device. All right, back to the show. No, I absolutely love that. And I think that what you said was so important. Like guys, we have to be practical about what this is going to look like. And oftentimes we think things are going to work way faster than they are. So you have to give yourself a runway. I think Chris, you always share this advice. You need to have at least six months of your expenses literally in the bank account Minimum. before you go full-time in your business. And ideally, you're going through this process of validating your business, launching your business, working to really hustle and get an idea for what does your product need to look like and who your people are as you hire yourself, right? You need to, ideally, you'll be generating enough income on the side to cover your basic expenses before you go into your business full-time. Now, a lot of people will disagree with that. A lot of people will say, no, you have to just go for it. And it just depends on who you are. The majority, right. The majority of people that we coach and that we mentor, this is the best strategy for them. It's a slow transition. Even if it takes a little bit longer, the pressure of having to pay your bills and not have anything in the bank account is so overwhelming that it literally sets you back. Oftentimes it's too much because you can't show up as your best self. So for me, I love the idea of side hustles. I love the idea of making sure that you have, if you are going to be transitioning into your business full time, then have some 
really good contracts with clients if you have a service-based business that can at least keep you afloat, right? Do some side hustles like we talked about. Maybe deliver some food for Instacart or um, have uh, an account that you can, you know, sign up for online and do a little bit of affiliate marketing. Like have some kind of income outside of your business that you can fall back on before you take the leap and go for it full force. I also would love to see you validate your idea. Have your first paying customer. Have someone that has already said yes to purchasing your product before you go in and you sink a bunch of money into a business and then have to go back and get a job to be able to actually move the business forward. That just is a very challenging thing, especially emotionally. And because we work primarily with women, it can be a lot to feel like a failure and not be able to see progress and momentum in your business. So that's super important in terms of stabilizing your financials. Now, yeah, we're gonna... and, and, and while Sorry. I think while you're going through that process too, we have become extremely coddled as a society. Uh, Netflix is not an essential. That's right. Right. Like, we have to redefine what is essential in our lives and what's worthy of us sacrificing for a period, not forever, right? To be able to yep. have what we want, right? What are they? What does the saying go about entrepreneurship? People that get to, to live a life that no one will have are the people that are we're willing to do what no one would will would be willing to do. Right? Exactly, absolutely, so I love that. Be be willing to do the things that no one else is willing to do, so you can live a life that no one's going to have. That that's effectively how the saying goes. And part of that, and dude, we live that life. Like there wasn't money to go to the movies. There wasn't money. There was hardly money for food as it was, right? So we had to get really creative with the things that we did. We shopped at Um, Aldi and we made sure that we weren't spending anything that we didn't need to spend. There were no crazy outings. There were no fancy dates. It was hustle time. And it served us to have that discipline. Yeah. And so I think... Even, you know, we talk to people about hiring a VA and, you know, those are all things that are down the line probably for a lot of people if this is the season that you're in. But it's crazy how many times you could sacrifice your Starbucks latte every morning for five bucks. And that's almost two hours of a virtual assistant for that day right there to get help, right? Like, absolutely. You have to go through, this is a good practice for you anyways, because eventually you're going to need to be monitoring the financials of your company. So what better way? Right. People are like, when do I learn to start becoming a leader? Well, become a leader of one first. Become a leader of you. Right. Same thing with the finances. Same thing with everything else. Like work on that discipline. Work on those practices now because all of that is going to roll into the business and is going to allow you to have those basic practices already set up and in place that you just know. Like, look, there's two ways to grow a business. You make more money or you become more profitable. Right. You reduce expenses. Right. (laughs) So now's a good way for how does my home become more profitable? How do we start putting away more money so that I have more in savings so that I close that, that I close that gap and I extend that runway so that I can make the transition to the business full time. Right. Absolutely. And and if you can, like, you know, it didn't, I didn't know that Kim wanted to be an entrepreneur. I kind of, she kind of fell into it quickly, but get the people in your life involved with what you're doing. Right. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying become business partners with them, but like get people in your life, friends, other entrepreneur buddies, business owners, stuff like that. And start learning from those people. Start getting feedback from those people. Have your support network. Have your support group around you because you will need it for sure. Absolutely. So, Chris, before we continue, we need to go to promo because this episode is sponsored by the one and only the Business Lounge Membership. 
Listen, guys, starting an online business can be totally overwhelming. You're probably piecing together free advice from YouTube, podcasts, blogs, and courses that all are great but often give you confusing and contradicting advice. Listen, I get it. It's hard to filter through which strategies you should be implementing right now versus the ones that you should be stowing away for the future when you're actually ready. And that's exactly why we designed the online success path inside the Business Lounge. As we talked about in the show, we broke down the six stages of online business. Validate, launch, hustle, breakthrough, profit, and scale. And we've designed a complete roadmap so you always know where you're at in your journey. What's more is that inside each stage, we created a step-by-step guide tailored to the specific stage of business you're currently at, complete with getting started tips so you can know exactly what to expect, workshops so you can implement new strategies, action items so you can stay on track, plus full-blown courses so you can focus only on the tasks and the strategies that'll accelerate your progress right now. And so you can take things to the next level while keeping you accountable and overwhelmed free. So if you're ready to take your online business to the next level, hop on the wait list at jointhebelounge.com. And hey, if you didn't know that this podcast exists thanks to the Business Lounge membership, then I'm glad that you found out. That's where Chris and I teach and mentor entrepreneurs and business owners to grow with online marketing strategies that focus on profit and integrity. And we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you inside the Business Lounge the next time we open the doors. So again, that link is jointhebelounge.com to hop on the waitlist. All right, Chris, so back to the show. We have one more strategy for our amazing listeners If they're transitioning, if they're getting to that point where they're trying to figure out how to make this whole business thing work, you said that they need to hire their tools. What does that mean? Yeah, there's a really long rabbit hole I could go down to get to this. (laughs) That's the simplified version. Yeah, let me give you the simplified version because there's a whole orthodoxy behind this. But, you know, a a lot of people, here's, here's the problem. They have everything on their shoulders, right? They're trying to do all the things. And by and large we're doing what we were trained to do throughout schooling and at a job. You're doing the things that need to be done, right? So the problem is they tell themselves, but I can't afford to hire people. I can't afford to hire somebody. And in, in a lot of cases, they're right. They're not even paying themselves anything. Right. So they stay in this period for too long where they're doing all the things. And when the business grows, guess what? So do the things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. It's not like a job where it, can, it's, it remains static. It continues <laughs> to grow and evolve and stuff like that. So getting to the point you could hire somebody, which by and large is usually half million, depending on the business model. Now, obviously, there's profitable businesses with high margins that could hire before then. But as a general rule, about half a million before you can make a salaried hire, a legitimate salaried hire. That's a long time. and That's a lot on your shoulders, right? So what people don't realize in this process is the first thing you need to do is go from everything on your shoulders, right? I call it my paid process, prioritize, automate, delegate, eliminate. So prioritize is everything on your shoulders. Automate is the next step. A lot of people want to wait until they can hire somebody. Like I said, that's D, that's delegate. What they skip is the A. The A is the automate. Automation is your best friend. Tools are your best friend. Taking a process like an email follow-up sequence, when somebody becomes a lead in your email list, you don't have to send five emails to that person. Remember to do it. You set it up and it does it on its own. It's fantastic, right? I have people now that schedule for my podcast and they want to go back and forth with me about availability. Hello? <laughs> that makes no sense at all. We'll have 20 emails back and forth. And finally, now, if you don't have a book, a scheduling tool that literally costs $10 a month, maybe less, there's free versions in some cases, 
I'm not even going to mess with you. I'm not doing your show. I'm because I don't have time for that. Right. Right. So with what you want to identify in your business is when you have all these things on your on your shoulders, and I get it, we've all been there. You want to look for things that are monotonous, things that you're doing over and over, repetitive things. How do I automate that? How do I how do I find a tool so that I I can set this, set it once, and never have to do it again? Mm -hmm. Right. That's what you're looking for. So your first hire, even before you get to a virtual assistant, even before you get to delegate. Right. You'd be like, I can't afford that. I can't. Okay, fine. Can you afford five dollars a month for a tool? Probably. Can you afford ten dollars a month for a tool? That's a Netflix right there. You cut Netflix and Disney Plus, you're in. You got your money. You got your fifteen dollars for tools right there. (laughs) So your first hire will be your tools and finding the right tools. Now, that doesn't mean go out and have every single tool have a tool stack that's 12 miles long. That's not what it means. You need to identify the most important ones for this season. What's going to help me drive more customers and what's kind of ancillary. What's not necessarily important would be nice to have, but what's like essential? What's going to help me put more money in the bank right now? And do they have free levels? And what are the, what are the other competitors? Like, are, is there a cheaper option, right, elsewhere? So that's what you want to do. You want to hire your tools first before and start taking that load off of your plate before you get to the point of actually hiring somebody even like a virtual assistant. I love that. That is so powerful and so helpful. I can't tell you how many times we'll have conversations with people who listen to the show who are like, Kim, I can't, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to hire someone. I can't afford to hire someone. What do I do in the meantime? Well, here's the answer, right? You hire your tools. So thank you so much for sharing that, Chris. I absolutely love that strategy because it's practical and it's something that we can get done literally today. So we want to challenge you guys as you implement what you were learning in this episode because we're all about taking action here across the board on our YouTube channel, on the podcast, inside the business lounge. And we're going to challenge you every time that you hear a new strategy or you hear us talk about something that resonates with you and applies to your business, take action. Within 24 hours, if you don't take action, you're literally going to forget. What percentage is it, Chris? Like 79% of what you heard, you'll forget after 24 hours. Yeah, I think it's. I think you retain 10% of it. That's not, crazy. not around there. So 90%. You got to do it now. So we want to challenge you to start making a list. And this is a running list. I would put even just a yellow notepad on your desk, or I would put some sticky notes to remind you of tracking the things that you do that are repetitive in your business. So if you can do a brain dump, take 10 minutes and start thinking about some of the things that you're doing consistently that you can automate, that would be amazing. Things like Chris said, scheduling podcasts, right? Answering emails, responding to, I don't know, some Instagram messages, maybe setting a reminder to do those things at a particular time in the day or you're 10 minutes in, 10 minutes out. All of those things are really, really important. Automating some of your sales processes, Scheduling right? your social media posts. Scheduling your social media posts, going in and getting a transcription service. So maybe you're doing you know, a blog and you're doing a podcast. So can you get your podcast transcribed so you can turn that into a blog easier? All those things are little hacks that'll make a massive difference for your time and also for your resources because we have limited amount of resources. We have limited amount of time and we want to make sure that we're making the best out of them. Which is another benefit. If you do go the night weekend warrior mode, you know, that route, you have more money because you still kept your job. So if you lower your budget, you still have your income from your salary. Guess what you can do? You can focus on, I have limited time. I'm telling you, Damon John wrote the book power of broke. And it's definitely something to look into because he talks about embrace that season as a benefit because you get resourceful entrepreneurs, when they don't have resources, the best ones get resourceful. Yeah. So if it's limited time, what can you do to maximize that time? 
because it means you just have to focus on the right things, right? Absolutely. So, so definitely consider that as a big plus. I hear so many people talk about their job as a negative if they're in a job right now. And I'm like, no, this is the perfect season for you to literally focus on what matters and invest in ways that other people can't because they can't afford to because they're side yeah. hustling and they're, You're... you know, those, those Uber rides don't really add up to a whole lot when you break it down. <laughs> in fact, they're living expenses. So I definitely think that you have the ability to hire tools faster, hire a virtual assistant faster, make the transition faster. The more you can pour into that business and the lower, the most, the more you can lower your expenses to be able to do that. Absolutely. Your job is funding your business and you need to look at it from that perspective. It's Honor a blessing. it, show up. It's a blessing. Do not resent it. Show up in the best possible way and that will definitely translate into your business success. All right, gang. So we are so excited to be getting this entire series ready for you guys. So stay tuned for the next episode in the series. We're going to dive into how you can continue to launch, grow, and scale a business the smart way online, especially if you have limited amounts of time, limited amounts of money, and limited amounts of resources. Now, Chris, you mentioned that you have a really cool quiz on the different types of startup entrepreneurs. Where can people find that? Yeah, I got to find the, the specific URL for it, but we will drop okay, that in. The we show. will link it. We'll drop. We'll link that. We'll link that below. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love it. And then where can people find you on the Internet? I'm at HeyCMH on all social media. HeyCMH.com. Awesome. And then also you have a pretty cool podcast, Startup You pretty Podcast. Cool, yeah, pretty cool podcast. Uh, <laughs> definitely worth checking out. We've had some pretty notable entrepreneurs on the show. It's the Startup You Podcast. Absolutely. You'll see me back here a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tim allows me to be. <laughs> you will be definitely invited back. Thank you so much for joining us, y'all. We will see you on the next episode. In the meantime, stay blessed. Continue showing up with passion and purpose. And don't forget, you are put on this earth by God for a reason. There are people in the world who need what you have to offer. And we're here to encourage and support you along the way. We love you. Un beso. Bye for now. And hey, we're interrupting the show real quick just to tell you about the sponsor of this episode. If you want to finally stop ghosting your audience for good and move away from inconsistency with your content creation, we have the perfect solution for you. It's our brand new content calendar playbook, and it's chock full of over 200 plus caption starters, done for you social media post prompts, and over 70 pages of templates and resources and tools so that you know exactly what to say to keep your audience engaged, excited, and coming back for more consistently. Listen, you know that your content has been a problem for a while. And if that's the case, it's time to get off your booty and actually do something about it. Just for our podcast listeners, you can go over to contentcalendarplaybook.com. That's contentcalendarplaybook.com and get an incredible deal on 90 days of plus of content strategy that's done for you. You're going to absolutely love this new resource. And I know it's going to make a huge difference with helping you stay consistent with your content creation and getting back in the game when it comes to attracting attention for your business. Alrighty, back to the show.